that. So we've, if you're new to our church, our preschoolers are dismissed to Children's Church every Sunday at this time. Um, as I was thinking about a new school year, which denotes for us as a church, it's kind of a new church year. We kind of, our schedule falls in line with the school schedule. Um, I wanted to talk about this morning uh, what we are about as a church. I wanted this to be a very simple message uh, so that it was very clear uh, what we are about and what it is that God wants to do in our lives and what God wants to do in your life. Um, we are commissioned as a church by Jesus to make disciples. It is our one command that sums up everything that we as a church are to do. We are to make disciples. And I wanted to describe then this morning uh, what is it that makes a disciple. And the simplest way I can put it is that a disciple is one who is committed to Christ, his church, and his cause. Now that's the whole sermon this morning. That's it. So I want to say it again. A disciple is one, simply put, that is committed first to Christ, secondly to Christ's church, and thirdly to Christ's cause. Uh, and I, I believe a, a disciple is one who must make and live out that commitment in those areas. And to me, it's really, it's that simple. Uh, we use this in our church as a framework for the way that we do church. My prayer this morning is that you would use it as a tool to evaluate where you are. If you were to ask me as a pastor, uh, 28 years in, I had to say, what is the critical issue in the church in America today? What is the critical issue? If you ask me as a pastor, in my opinion, it would be the issue of commitment. Uh, my parents' generation, hmm, I read statistics this weekend in a little book I read. My parents' generation... 85% uh, of that generation identified themselves as Christians in America. Hmm. Then there's my generation. I don't have statistics on that. My children's generation, the millennials, 15% identify themselves as Christians. If you ask me as a pastor, well, like, wow, wait a second. What are we going to do? What is the issue? What is it that we must address? Um, to me, the critical issue for the church today is the issue of commitment. 
if our commitment is not what it ought to be, uh, the church in America uh, will continue its decline. I don't know if you know this statistically also. Nine out of ten churches in America are either plateaued or declining. Uh, the church in America. I know there's always going to be a church. I don't, I don't want to overstate the case today, but the church as we know it, if we continue in the, in the direction we are going, the church will not be what it has been in the past. And the church is the bride of Christ. <laughs> Does God always want there to be a church? Oh, yes. Will there be many expressions of the church, different denominations? Yes, that's the reality. Uh, but you know what? For me, as the pastor of First Baptist Church, I don't really want to talk about the church in America today. God had made me responsible none of my responsibility what the Methodists are doing this morning the Pentecostals are doing the Presbyterians the Episcopalians no God put me here and my responsibility is us to be the spiritual head uh, and so I would just say to you, my sermon this morning is not about the church in America, even though what I'm going to say applies. Uh, the challenge is for us, Huntington First Baptist Church. Uh, what is the critical issue for us? And, and I don't, I was about to say for our survival. I've said this from, to y'all many times from the pulpit, I don't want to survive. I, I'll tell you the day that I'm satisfied to survive, call the deacons, call a meeting, fire the old preacher then. I don't want to survive. I want us to thrive. And we have to figure out what does that look like and how do we do that. For me, Huntington First Baptist Church, the critical issue is commitment. And it's as simple to the, as these three areas. Commitment to Christ. Commitment to His church. And commitment to His cause. In fact, I think, well, I know, and my conviction is, and I believe it's scriptural, that there is a progression there. Our commitment as a disciple first starts with a commitment to Christ Himself. And in fact, all the other commitments and the other expressions in our life simply flow out of that. I am not here today to say you need to be committed to his cause without first saying to you, you must be committed to Christ. Oh, we can, we can, we can, we can get behind some big causes and there's some great things that we can do. But if it does not flow out of my commitment to Christ, eventually it will not last. And in fact, our works may simply be our works that we want to do some good things we want to do for God so that we feel good about ourselves. 
Um, it must start with a commitment to Christ. I want to look at three stories this morning to illustrate commitment to Christ, secondly, commitment to his church, and thirdly, commitment to his cause. And they all come from the Gospel of Mark. I don't ever preach from Mark. I don't know what you are to make of that, but I selected the stories from Mark. Mark 1, verse 16. This is early in Jesus' ministry. Mark does not have stories about the birth and the early life of Jesus. He just goes to the ministry of Jesus. And so in Mark 1, 16, it says, As he, he being Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. A disciple is first one who has made a commitment to Christ. I am struck, I've said this a number of times from the pulpit, this is nothing new, that when Jesus called the first disciples, his simple admonition was, follow me. Christianity in its essence is the following of a person, Jesus Christ. It is not about following a creed, a set of beliefs, uh, a collection of practices that Christians do. No. It's about following a person. If you were to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you were to be his disciple, it distills down to a relationship that you have with him. That is your faith. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That relationship is established through salvation. So I don't, I don't know everyone in the crowd today. Uh, I don't know where you are spiritually. Uh, I don't know what your journey is, where you are. I want you to know that uh, the gospel, what Jesus came to taught, we're not encouraging you to adopt a set of beliefs practice Christianity with us. No, the starting point is to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. Almost like, I mean, Amy and I have been married 32 years. On July 28, 1984, I said I do, and she said I do, and we established a relationship. Uh, 
The same is true with Jesus. That relationship is established through salvation. Um, salvation occurs in the Christian life when I hear the gospel that I am a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that he has made a way for me to be in a right relationship with God. And that if I repent of my sins and I trust, have faith, or believe that Jesus is the only way that I can be saved, and I cry out to Him and I say, Yes, I acknowledge with my mouth that I am a sinner and that I need a Savior, and I'm trusting today. I commit my life, I surrender my life to Jesus for Him to save me and to make me His own. The Bible says that that transaction becomes an act of grace on God's part because all I did was acknowledge my need and my commitment to say I'm trusting Jesus to be the way for me to be made right with God and eventually the ultimate expression of that to be heaven because I'm in a right relationship with God. Um, that relationship is established through salvation. And salvation occurs when there is repentance faith in Jesus and calling out to say, Jesus, save me. Uh, that relationship is signified publicly through baptism. Jesus said, no, if you're going to be my follower, I want you to make it public. There's no way to go on to be committed to his church and his cause without first coming out and saying, no, I want the world to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus said for his followers to signify that relationship by baptism, by immersion, not only to show that your sins have been washed away, the water aspect, but that you have buried your old life just as Jesus was buried after he was crucified and that as he rose again, even so you have been risen again with Christ living on the inside and a new life inside of you and so the rela relationship is established through salvation uh, the relationship is signified through baptism that that is after the conversion experience that is the first step of obedience in which you cannot go on is it essential to go to heaven no is it essential to become a disciple and to follow him and for him to use your life as he wants to? Yes. No, it has to be. Otherwise, you're living in disobedience. Um, but even after that, the relationship must be lived out daily. You're not going to believe this, but after July 28th, 1984, when we said I do publicly and we exchanged rings and all that to signify that, Amy and I have lived together ever since then. Yeah, we, we stay at the same house. Yeah. No, we, we together. Now, there's times I go to Africa and there's... Do you ever leave? No, you don't ever leave. But anyhow, I leave sometimes for short periods of time. She never leaves. She's, you know where she'll be. Um, but you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ is the same. 
No, it has to be lived out on a daily basis. Well, when Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John, as we read in Mark 1, they left, they left their occupation, and all they knew to do was follow Jesus. Like, I guess like little puppies. This, I'm going to follow Jesus. And when Jesus taught and talked to them, they listened. When he said, hey, let's go here, they went there. And for three years, they followed him around. And he taught them. He, they lived in relationship with him. And you say, well, but Jesus is not physically here. That's true. But when I surrender my life to Christ, the presence of Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of me. Now, I understand it's not a physical person, but it's a spiritual person. But that relationship must be lived out. So, wait a second. How do we talk to Jesus on a daily basis as the disciples talk to Jesus? It's called prayer. Yeah, I understand there's not a physical person there you talk to and he immediately responds back to you. But God's Spirit, you, you talk to him, he talks to you. It's prayer. It must be something we do every day. Amy expects me to speak to her every day. Now, there's been some days she didn't speak to me, but anyhow... <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, what have I done? <laughs> I know there must be a reason. I'm sorry. I'm in trouble. Yes. Pray for the pastor. Some of you are in trouble today. No. Uh, and the disciples would walk with Jesus and he would teach them. You go, well, Jesus isn't there. What do we do in the Christian life? They wrote it down. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. These are the words of life. Just as Jesus walked around. So what do we do to live out that relationship? We talk with Him on a daily basis. We spend time with Him in prayer. We study and meditate and memorize. Study His Word. His words which are life to us. And it changes us. That is the way we live out that relationship. And so I'm telling you the start of it all that we cannot rush past is that a disciple is one who is committed to Christ. That relationship, a daily relationship, starts in, in salvation, signified in prayer, but is lived out daily uh, by prayer and the study of His Word. It is the starting point. And so I ask you this morning, how is your commitment to Christ? It is essential. It is, it is the starting point of following Jesus. I would contend this morning that everything else we're going to talk about flows out of it. And if we don't get this right, then our commitment to the church, our commitment to His cause... It's not going to matter. The most critical commitment that we make is a commitment to Christ and that relationship and the quality of that relationship. How is your commitment to Christ? Jesus wants to be our all in all. He wants us to find our life and our joy and our hope in a relationship with Him. When we turn to anything else, 
to fulfill those needs, eventually they will play out and we will discover that it's only Jesus that brings us that. It is that relationship that is critical. Jesus cannot just be a part of your life. He must be your life. Church, if Jesus is just a part of your life, then the future of the church is in trouble. Because eventually we're going to look to those other things to direct our lives, to give us hope, peace, and security in life, whatever it is. And if we don't get this right, the rest of it's not going to be right. A disciple is one who is first committed to Christ. Secondly, a disciple is one who is committed to his church. Mark chapter 3, actually verse 14, which we're not going to show up on the screen. We're going to, oh, let me read verse 31 and following. So this, I mean, Mark 1 obviously is early on in the gospel. Mark 3 is also early. Uh, It says, then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside, they sent to him calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. A disciple is one who is committed to Christ's church. Uh, there is a popular thought within American Christianity that I can be a follower of Jesus, I can be a disciple and not be a part of one of his local expressions of the family. As long as Jesus and I have a thing going on, We're going to be all right, right? Wrong. Doesn't work like that. Jesus said, if you're going to be my follower, not only are you committed to me, but you must be committed to a local body of believers that become your spiritual family. We are family. So in in Mark 3, 14, right before this, it says... Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And then he names the twelve. You know what Jesus did? He didn't just call individuals and say, hey, now, you and I have a relationship and this is all going to work out fine. He said, no, no, no. There's going to be a whole collection of you. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and eight other guys that I'm not going to like mention right now. <laughs> and we're going to create, what Jesus did is he created a community, a family, that was designed to uh, encourage one another, challenge one another. 
American Christian, no, Christian in Huntington, Texas today, if you are not committed to a local body of believers, you are deficient in your discipleship. You cannot follow Christ if you are not committed to a local body of Christ. You, you may be passing through today, and this is not your church, but 90% of y'all sitting here this morning, I'm saying, no, you've made a commitment to this church. And it's about being here, participating, giving, being a part. It's a commitment that we make. Uh, and we, obviously, y'all realize in our church, this is the only time in a given week that we all, the whole church family gathers together in one place. Y'all realize in our church, right now, this room basically is only used for an hour and a half each week. It's that important that the family get together. But you know what? In... Uh, I was reading some little books this week. I already said that, but uh, Tom Rainer, in one of his little books that I read, uh, said that the research shows that uh, people are five times more likely to still be in church five years later if they have participated in one aspect of the church. And so the, what they did is they took these people and they said, okay, what is the key for people staying with the church? <gasps> you know what it was? To be a part of a small group Bible study. If people are a part of a small group Bible study, they are five times more likely after five years to still be involved in the church than those who aren't. For us as a church in our structure and our strategy. Yes, we have, we have events and we have things scheduled during the week that are about introducing people to Christ and that first commitment that I talked about, commitment to Christ and sharing the gospel and um, that. But do you know what? For us as a church, we believe the key for growing for encouragement, for being challenged in our Christian life, learning, happens during life groups at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. It's critical. Uh, it's the way that we connect in relationships with the church because it's not just about me and my relationship with Christ. It is about the relationships with other people so that those other people encourage me and challenge me. When we look to the description in Acts 2 of what the early church was doing at the end of Acts 2, it says that they were devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, the breaking of bread together. They were worshiping together. They were caring for one another. They were together. And I, I'm just telling you, I mean, there's a lot to being committed to Christ's church. And yes, you ought to be here for worship, and yes... We believe, and we're going to talk about it next Sunday, tithing and even above and beyond offerings, part of our expression of our commitment to our family, taking care of things. There's a financial component to that. There's a time component to that. 
But if you're just asking me strategically what we know is you've got to be a part of a small group Bible study at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. We've got, well, our ladies have just kicked off a great study. Patsy, I think, was just back in the room this morning. That's awesome. We have co-ed classes, and we have men's classes, women's classes, obviously all children, youth, and uh, all ages. Uh, I believe that's the critical component to a commitment to his church. And so a disciple is one who is committed to Christ and is committed to his church and living out those relationships, being here. Uh, you know, quite honestly, the trend from my parents' generation to the millennials' generation is that my parents' generation was committed to church. The millennial, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be tacky here, they're committed to church if they don't have anything else going on. It's kind of like, well, we don't have anything else to do. I guess let's go to church. We have so many other commitments, and I'm telling you, the issue there is not really even about church. It's about our relationship to Christ. Is Christ our all in all? If Christ is our all in all, then when his family gets together, be there. There's no substitute for being there, participating, being a part, being a part of a small group, connecting, having relationships, growing, learning, being spurred on, being accountable. Wow. There is no substitute for it. And quite honestly, we, uh, my question is, how is your commitment to Christ's church? How is your commitment? If you, were, if you were evaluating your life. And I really believe out of, the, out of a relationship with Jesus Christ, the second step we take then is a commitment to His church. Hmm. That's not the end. So if you're sitting there in your holy self-righteousness right now going, well, I'm, I'm here, Brother Darrell. <laughs> oh, the next point's for you, brother and sister. It's not just about congregating. Yes, I believe it's critical. In fact, we don't need to go to the third commitment until we've lived out the first and the second A disciple is one who is committed to Christ, committed to his cause, but ultimately, I'm sorry, hmm. committed to Christ, committed to his church, and thirdly, committed to his cause. So what is it out of our commitment to Christ and as we gather together as a, as a body of believers, what is it that is beyond that and what is beyond that is how is Jesus going to use my life to impact the world? And if you think Christianity is just about knowing Him and congregating, no, there's more. There's a progression in here that we go from our commitment to Christ to commitment to His church. But church and small groups 
we must be a springboard to send people out to make an impact on the world. And that is what I am using in my third C word, his cause. We must give our lives for his cause. Um, I told Fred and Joyce this, and I appreciate uh, their son, daughter-in-law coming and sharing last week. Uh, and, uh, but I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, and they said, oh, well, thank you, thank you, allowing, uh, you know, you don't give up your pulpit and blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, no, 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 no. No, don't, don't think just because you got a testimony or something, you're going, mm, no. This is my time. I only get it once a week now. But, you know, you get Aaron and Beth Smith up here who when they retire in their late 40s from years in the military and they say, what are we going to do with our life? And the inclination might be, oh, we're going to kick back. We're going to live our lives however we want to, do whatever we want to. Now, when you got somebody who says, God, what is it that you want to do with my life? And God opens up a door to go to Uganda. I say, no, no, get them up here and get them behind the microphone and let them talk to us for a while. Because the Christian life is not just about a commitment to Christ and not just about a commitment to the church. It's about a commitment to his cause to say, God, however it is that you want to use my life, I am available. Now, if your commitment to Christ, that relationship is not what it ought to be, you're never going to get to three. Or you're going to use three your service as a way of saying, well, God, this is what I am willing to do. God, I will do this for you so that I can check off a little spiritual checklist. Well, I do this. I, I pick up trash along the side of the highway every Monday morning. I'm sorry, that was a bad illustration. That sounded tacky because somebody may actually do that in here. And if God calls you to do that, then you do that. I'm sorry. Just a disciple is not one who says, well, let me, God, let me tell you what I'll do for you. No, to be committed to his cause is to say, I've surrendered my life. It is a blank check. God, however it is that you want to use my life, if you call me to Uganda, ooh, be careful if you pray that one. God, you do whatever you want to do with my life. A disciple is one who is committed to his cause. And I think it came in Mark 8, in the very middle of Jesus' ministry with the twelve and with the others. Jesus says this. Boy, he just like stopped the boys and said, Boy, we gotta, I got to say something right now so you boys understand. In Mark 8, 34... When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? We must be committed to his cause, we must deny ourselves. It's not about our kingdom, it's about his kingdom. And we must take up our cross. What did the cross denote? It denoted a life of sacrifice. 
Uh, Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. Did Jesus want to take up the cross and to die for the sins of the world in his flesh? No. Is that what God called him to do? Yes, and that's what he did. And Jesus says, as you're my followers, you're also going to be called to take up your cross, which says, no, it's, it's the Father's mission, and it's not my mission. And then what Jesus says, and if I could just paraphrase this, If you live your life for yourself and your own wants and desires and your own agenda, you'll lose your life. Won't mean anything. But if you'll lose your life, if you'll deny yourself, take up your cross and say, God, however it is that you want to use me, if you'll lose your life, you'll find it. And it will have an eternal impact. To be committed to his cause is to not live our lives for ourselves but for him in service and in missions and evangelism. We do not choose those things for ourselves but God leads us and shows us what it is that he wants us to do. In our church, well, church, let me just say this, the future of the church is contingent upon at least some of us getting to this third step. Because quite honestly, the church won't even survive. That's a whole other sermon. Mm. We're going to talk about it tonight in family conference a little bit. You know what? The family, if we're just talking about commitment to his church, the family will not work if everybody says, well, what do I get? Can I have it my way? Hmm. I thought that was the great thing about having four kids. Now, you learned early on, this ain't about you. You're not the golden child. There's some silver and some bronze kids, too. You know, we got, we got other kids. Well, I was about to say something else, but what is inappropriate. Uh, no, the world does not revolve around you. It's not about you. And let me tell you, the only way the church can be unified and bound together and for this thing to work Part of our commitment to his church is that I give up the way I want it. And it's about the common good and about his cause and his kingdom. Hmm. Hmm. Let me just tell you, churches divide and fall apart because they come to the place where everybody wants it their way. And just like America, it's not sustainable. When you get married, you give it up. It's not about me. It's about her, and it's about us. And that's the only way marriage and a home will work. It's the only way a church family will work. If that is our perspective, then when we come to that third commitment, commitment to its cause, it is God, however it is that you want to use my life, you use it that way. It's not about what I want to do for you. And in our church, there are so many expressions of this. Many of you work in our food pantry, a way to impact our community right here in Huntington in a very real way. It takes people. That thing doesn't just happen. Our most excellent way group, 
There have to be people that God has called out to say, No, I'm going to come up here on Friday nights at 6.30 and I'm going to love on some people that need some encouragement and need some direction in your life. Some of us are part of the Africa team. Now, I love it. But I imagine for some people it may be terrifying or you say, well, that's too great of a sacrifice. It's too uncomfortable. The cost is too great. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I get to go back in October. But God has to call out people. If everybody says, well, I'm really comfortable right where I am, then the, the Kanyanka people die and go to hell because the American church, Huntington First Baptist Church, wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to live life the way I wanted to live it. The kingdom of God doesn't work like that. You may be called to teach a life group class. That's week by week. You've got to be committed to that. You've got to do that. You've got to study. You've got to prepare. You are the spiritual mentor to a group of people. It's critical. Let me just be real blunt. We have spaces for people to teach that there is not someone who has volunteered to teach. We have a whole ministry to our fifth and sixth graders called our LIT, and there's some new people that have been called into that to invest in that critical age. You may be a deacon in our church. You may be Gary Litton. This is your month, and you're turning out the lights, and people standing here 30 minutes after service, talking, 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 thinking, when are you people going to go home? I want to turn out the lights and get back with my family. But he stands there and smiles because that's what Brother Darrell's told him to do because you're a deacon, son. <laughs> that means a servant. And by the way, I've got some thermostats I need you to install this week too, okay? Anyhow, I'm flexible all week. Just let me know. It may be volunteering for the nursery, taking care of babies so that other people can be in here and worship or they can be a part of a small group. Moms and dads can My final question is, how is your commitment to his cause? Are you willing to build his kingdom and not your own, to live his life and not your own life? The critical issue in the church today is commitment. The structure and the strategy of our church are based on these three simple commitments and their progression we design our church schedule to draw people to a commitment to Christ we give people an opportunity in small groups to be committed to his church in those relationships at 930 on Sunday morning and then from there it's a springboard for us to be committed to his cause to say God how is it that you want to use my life to impact the world this is a very simple message Christianity in church is not really that complicated. But our future depends upon whether we are committed.
That is the critical issue. I want you to stand this morning, and I want to close with this final question or statement. Um, I'm telling you, Christianity, to be a disciple is to be committed to Christ, secondly, His church, thirdly, His cause. It's what God has called us to, First Baptist Huntington. My question is to you, if every church member were like me in my commitment, what kind of church would this be? I think that puts it all in perspective. And this Sunday, the altar will be open for you to come and pray. Byron and I will be at the front. Actually, this service is designed for you to encounter God. And if you've never established a relationship with God today, let's do that. Byron and I are here at the front to talk to you about that. Maybe even a commitment to be baptized. Uh, but there may be some other steps in the midst of commitment to Christ and His church and His cause. Maybe there's a sticking point. Maybe you got to a point 10 years, 20 years ago in your life and you just got stuck. And you say, God, i got to go on. I can't stay here. And you say, God, I'm not taking the next step, whatever that means. Father, today we give you this time. We pray that you would use it for your glory and you would spur your people on to commitment, Father.